Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Ladies, guys, if you're withholding on a normal kind of a deal, sexual activity from each other, according to 1 Corinthians 7, you're sinning, no different than sexual immorality. That is not God's plan. Either is it to be forced. See, love is giving and sharing. It's not forcing and demanding. So in our marriages, why the adultery? Because we're not even listening to the plain truth of God's Word. Those who don't know better Even some Christians think the Bible has nothing good to say about sex. In reality and within God's design, it promotes it as one of the greatest blessings in life. Its boundaries and restrictions are what keep this facet of our lives distinguished from the rest of the world. Marriage and sexual intimacy are designed for romance to thrive and flourish. We need to learn how to celebrate, not manipulate what God intended which is becoming one with our mate. Listen in to learn how to develop a beautiful, strong love story and live life right together. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 5, verse 4, with our continuing study entitled, Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. All God is saying is this, as you read this passage here in Proverbs, be careful. We all can be tempted. We all can absolutely, there isn't a person, you, some of you uh, kind of look at me strange this morning, man, I, I could never be tempted in this sexual area. You're in trouble. Yes, you can. You, scripture says, be careful. You, you think you're standing because you can fall. I know I can fall. Every one of us can fall. So we have to put these fences up. Now, there's one other issue. Sometimes in our marriages, single lives, you don't have time to put up a fence. What you want to do is just run. You say, well, that's a chicken thing to do. Yeah, but it's a safe thing to do. See, sometimes I don't have to say, well, I'm give me another block here and I'll build this one. I'll give me another block and I'll build it. You don't have time for the block. Just run. Joseph, you remember Potiphar's wife was there. She had that Victoria's Secret thing on. It just came. She put that little guy on and he ran. He didn't go, "Mm, what page is this? Let me see if it looks like... No, he ran. He ran. And it saved him. Sometimes we just have to run. Forget the fence. Why are we doing this? Because we're protecting our mates, our children, our Christian reputation, ourselves, our virginity. Number four, turn back to Proverbs chapter 5. Be aware of ongoing disasters of sin. If we go down this road, the father wants to say to the son, if you go down this road, nothing good's going to happen. Let's look at it quickly. But in the end, she verse 4, in the end, she is bitter as gall. What happened to the sweet lips? Bitter as gall now. 
Sharp as a double-edged sword, her feet go down to death, her steps lead to the grave. She gives no thought of her way of life, her paths are crooked, she knows it not. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Don't go near her door, lest you give your best to others and your years to the one who is cruel, lest strangers feast on your wealth and toil enrich another man's house. At the end of your life you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. Verse 11 is a great definition of AIDS. You will say how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors. I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of whole assembly. I know there'll be people listening to this tape, and I know you're here, some of you this morning. And I'm talking and you're going, yeah, cool. I'm not going that way. I'm having too much fun. I already told you it was fun. But this is the outcome I'm talking about. This is what's coming. You say, oh, no, I'm protected. There's not a problem. This is what's coming. Now, I want to show you six STDs this morning and just talk about them quickly. Sexually transmitted diseases that are relevant today in our lives are chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. In chlamydia, it's the most widespread disease now in the United States. Here's the problem with chlamydia. 85% of women and 40% of men with chlamydia do not have any symptoms. 85% of women, no symptoms, so they don't even know they have it. Well, what does it cause? Well, PID, pelvic inflammatory disease, it can cause infertility, it can also cause all kinds of infections in you, tubal pregnancies, in the guy, epididymitis, I mean, you name it, sterility in a guy. Gonorrhea, syphilis, we're familiar with those. Let me talk about three viruses. Herpes, human papillomavirus, and HIV. Do you know that those three viruses, there is no cure. No cure. Let me talk to you about herpes simplex. This is not cold sore. This is herpes simplex type 2. Do you know how many people are infected with herpes in our world each year? 45 million people each year. No cure. All kinds of disasters from it. All kinds of problems. And by the way, for some of you that are young and think you have it all together, let me just tell you from my background so you'll understand. Do you know that you can catch herpes simplex type 2 with nothing more than French kissing? Now when we talk about these things, of course I won't even go this morning to AIDS, some of the others and all the jazz that comes. You see, the Etch-a-Sketch just says, have fun, there's no consequences. Oh, there's consequences. That's why our kids are in school being taught these classes on abstinence. Now, there's no such thing outside of God's moral fence that's safe sex. There's no condom that can protect your heart from the guilt and shame that follows sin. There's no condom that can protect you from the unwanted, long-lasting memories after an illicit sexual encounter. Think this morning of the unwanted pregnancies, abortions, ugly divorces, and incredibly increasing number of broken homes. You see, there's an order. Look at this oneness I want to talk to you about for a moment. There's a blueprint in God's order. We talked about it last week. You leave, then you cleave, then you become one. Become one means commitment. And then you have sexual intimacy. There's this sequence. Notice the sequence. Leave, cleave, commitment, then intimacy. What does Satan say? What does he say to all of our students? 
11th graders, 9th graders, 5th graders. Go ahead and start at the back with intimacy. Who cares about commitment? That isn't right. Commitment comes before intimacy. Those of you that are living with someone, especially if you're a young lady, I want to ask you, why are you doing that without marriage? Well, I'm waiting for him to make a commitment. Well, take a look at God's plan. Sex comes after the commitment. Get out of it. Tell him if he's worth anything, he'll marry you. Get him saved. Get back to God's plan. You say, pretty hard, Pastor Mark. Yeah, you don't deal every week with the other stuff that I deal with. Because nobody is listening. I want to tell you this. It is awesome if we'll follow God's way. Number five, if married, be sexually satisfied with your spouse. If married, be sexually satisfied with your spouse. Let's take a look quickly back at chapter 5, verse 15. Now we have a little kind of neat ideas. In those days, when you lived there, you, you didn't go turn your faucet on and here came cold water. You certainly didn't go for bottled water, whatever. You had cisterns. And you had your cistern, and your neighbor had their cistern, and you didn't go over to your neighbor and go, oh, I'm going to get in your water. You stayed to your own water. Because it was your water. You didn't get into their water. So look how Solomon puts it together. I had to give you that because sometimes we, when we read this, we go, what is this all about? Solomon says this. Drink water from your own cistern. Running water from your own well. That cistern, that well, that water signifies a wife in a marriage relationship who is satisfying the sexual desires of her husband. So notice, drink water from your own cistern. That means that we will both have a thirst. That thirst being here is the sexual drive. Now, amazingly, in our lives, we have men, often the man has a thirst drive, a sexual drive, more like a diabetic. He's always thirsty. And then we have, he usually marries a woman who's more like, not a camel, but like a camel, who... They can go a long time without a drink. That's just the way it is, sometimes. Now, I didn't say, ladies, you were a camel, so don't give me hassle when you leave. Any more than I said the guy was a diabetic. What's it saying here? It's Solomon saying, stay home. Satisfy yourself within your own marriage relationship. Look at verse 16. Well, what's the option? Should your springs overflow in the streets and your streams of water in the public square? That just means the man's semen. In other words, should he take his life-giving semen and go out in the community and have relations and have children outside the home? Well, what is the automatic answer to verse 16? No! Do we do that today? Yes. He says no. Why shouldn't I? Verse 17. Let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. In other words, the husband is to spend his sexual energy only with his wife at home. Our God-given sexual desires must be controlled and channeled within marriage. Look at verse 18. Now may your fountain be blessed. And here's a word I want you to circle. May you rejoice. Circle that word. That's part of your homework this week. Rejoice. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Notice that it does not say... Rejoice in your youthful wife, and when she gets old, change models. It doesn't, it's, it, that's a picture of lifelong commitment. You're rejoicing in the wife of your youth. You're still rejoicing. You're together 
till death do you part. The word there rejoice means to cheer up, to be happy, to be very glad. All it means is, as we're getting older, by the way, men and women both get older. Can I hear some amens of that one? We are, yeah, all right, just look at each other. Let's just move on. But as you're there, we're supposed to be what? Enjoying our relationship, listen, sexually with our spouse. Verse 19. A loving doe, a graceful deer. Now Solomon using this Old Testament kind of imagery of a deer and a doe because they're exquisite in their gracefulness. He's talking about the loving wife and how, how gorgeous she is, how exquisite this wife is. He says to his son, when you get married, a loving doe, a graceful deer, your wife, may her breasts satisfy you always. May you be ever captivated, be ever captivated by her love. Now that word captivated means ecstatic joy. Here's what it really means in the Hebrew. You're going to like this one. A staggering gait to reel as if intoxicated. It says, man, it doesn't get any better than this. You, you don't need anyone but your wife, and your wife doesn't need anybody but her husband to bring this cheer, this joy, this captivated ecstasy into your marriage. So how did God design sex? Well, to be joyful and happy and exciting. Nothing is better than that. Let me ask you, married couple, is that happening? You see, when God designed us, He designed us very different. Not only with different sex drives and all of that kind of stuff, but just different emotions. Women have different hormones, we speak different language, all kind of things. With that comes some fun. Because we try to figure out our spouse, our whole life. I'm just saying, this is the fun part. See, God has made us different. Now, why did He make us so different? Because we learn to give and take. We, we learn to share ourselves in the most intimate part of our marriages. Even as we get older and we go through all kinds of different phases of health and sickness and all kinds of hormones, all those things. It's just kind of a fun thing to remind us that we're made different. And yet, God knew that. And so he put us together with those kind of differences. Let me give you a couple things. As we read here, of our marriage in verse 19, God is saying this. Listen to me very closely. God is saying, married couples, never let physical intimacy become common or routine. You remember back in chapter 7? Nice fresh bed, nice uh, sheets, spices on the bed, little candles flowing, nice nighty, making love all night. Why was that an attraction to a man? Because often in our marriages, and I'll speak to the guys in a moment, we've allowed our sexual activity to become boring, dead, routine. Notice also, ladies, so that means, you know, whatever. I have a little candle display out here that I'm selling after the service. <laughs> hmm. Everything goes to missions. My mission. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you're visiting, relax. We're all right. Probably never be back anyway, but that's all right. All right. Guys, do you remember the sequence? Leave, cleave, oneness. That's conversation. That's talk. 
That's showing love. That, that's being kind. That's saying nice words. That's calling during the day. That's taking them on a date night. That's bringing flowers. That's writing a little card. All of that comes before intimacy. We got the one button. It's on. Here we go. <laughs> no, she says, play around a while here. How about a nice card, a little dinner for the night? We've forgotten it. That's why part of their homework assignment is fun, is getting out. You know, my wife and I, we're just like you. We have a very good marriage. We don't have a perfect marriage. We have a very good marriage. But we have some tough weeks, just like you do, in every area of our life. But we're committed, and we're with it. And I want to tell you this morning that we're happily married. And that's because we've stayed within the guidelines. Now, let me just mention two things quickly. 1 Corinthians 7 says this, Your body is not your own. Not only is it God's, but if you're married, your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your spouse. And 1 Corinthians 7 says, Men, your, your body belongs to your wife, and your wife's body belongs to you. That means that you, ladies, guys, if you're withholding the sexual pleasure, except for that period of time where there may be fasting for a day or two, and then the Bible says immediately, get right back to your normal relationship so you won't be tempted. Ladies, guys, if you're withholding on a normal kind of a deal, sexual activity from each other, according to 1 Corinthians 7, you're sinning. No different than sexual immorality. That is not God's plan. Either is it to be forced. See, love is giving and sharing. It's not forcing and demanding. So in our marriages, why the adultery? Because we're not even listening to the plain truth of God's Word. Now, don't get into figure 2.2 times a week. Forget all that. Loving, sharing, knowing each other, different times of our lives, stress, all the rest. But don't let it become boring routine. And for sure, don't let it become an area of manipulation and discord. Verse 20. Why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom or the breast of another man's wife? God is saying to his son, why would you ever do that? There's no need to do that. Everything you need is in the fence of marriage with your spouse. Let me just mention one quick thing. Notice that the breast is mentioned twice. There's a lot of things that means, but the one I want to address this morning is this. Our dress as men and women needs to be chaste. Ladies, you know that men are very visual. So you need to be chaste in your dress. It doesn't mean long sleeves. You know, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm just talking about common sense. You can see the words I used. You understand how you stand, how you dress. All those things should be part of a Christian. It doesn't mean, well, there's a Christian. I can tell. Look at that dress. No, not at all. But you ought to go and say, that's a Christian. That isn't right either. So see, there's some balance in all of our lives. Verse 21. Why do we have to be careful of all these things? What do I care if I'm on the internet at home by myself? Or if I'm walking down the street and oogling this gal or the guy or whatever and thinking about going to bed? What if nobody else knows? No. Look at verse 21. For man's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all his paths. See, guys and gals, if, if you're on the internet, you've got all these magazines, you're degrading your spouse. You're looking at them and saying, well, I wish they were like that. I, that's abnormal. Most of that stuff is artificial. It's not love. It's pure lust. Stay away from it. God's looking. Not only that, he's just watching all of our eyes as we watch people. I have to be careful with my eyes in church. Do you know that? 
because we're human. So God's watching. Look at verse 22 and 23. The evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of sin hold him fast. And he will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. So these fences just bring disaster. Bondage, guilt, sexual diseases, eventually death and ruin. So number six, what do we do? If you're single, be satisfied to wait. If you're married, we're to enjoy our sexuality. Watch our own eyes. If you're single, be satisfied to wait. Abstinence. Abstinence means none of those sexual things I talked about, including sexual dancing, oral sex. All, none of those things should be part of your life. As a young person, a divorced person, a widowed person, flee sexual immorality. Put the offense up. What kind of fence is it? Started with an E. Exciting fence. Boy, it's been a long time, hadn't it? What kind of fence is it? Exciting fence. You see why? It's not necessarily exciting right now, but it is in the long run. Now, so young people, in God's timing, He'll allow all of that to happen in your life. Here's point number seven. If necessary, repent and start over again. For some of you, adulterous affair, pornography, sex before marriage, living together, lost your virginity, all of those things, you went right through the fence. Or you didn't even know there was a fence. What do you do now? There's a great story of Jesus with a woman that says was brought to him in the very act of adultery. And see, for all of us here this morning, the Bible says this. Let me define it for you very simply so you won't be prideful. The Bible says, if I look at a woman or a man with lust, I've already committed adultery in my heart. There isn't a person here that's not guilty. So when this woman came, caught in the very act of adultery, it was sin. She had a lifestyle of sin. The fences, there were none. Etch-a-sketch was in full bloom. Jesus said to the religious leaders, hey, pick up a stone if you don't have a sin and throw it. Well, you know the story. They all left. And there was Jesus with the woman. You know what he said to her? Woman, where are your accusers? She said, I don't have any. He said, I don't condemn you either. Now, I don't agree with your sin. And here's what he said. Go, leave your sin, and start following me. So if you're here this morning, adulterous affair, lost your virginity, playing around in the net, chat rooms, dirty dancing, whatever, start again. And then forget the woman didn't go around the street that three days later and say, oh, I'm the one that always had the adulterer say, no, I'm a different person. That's what God does. He changes us. I mean, could I have a better job in all the world than saying to people, you can start again. It doesn't matter where you're at. That's awesome. And that's what God offers. We're learning the Bible has much to say regarding sexual purity. And we just heard about some of the brutal consequences of not following God's plan. Pastor Mark's just given us some great biblical advice to apply to our lives right now. No matter what the current situation is, here are a few. If you're married, be satisfied with your spouse. If you're single, be satisfied to wait. And if necessary, repent and start over again. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll continue to learn how God designed our marriages to be fulfilling and successful. In the world in which we live, it seems Satan's more determined than ever to destroy the home any way he can. Over time, he's gained way to much ground, and it's directly related to James 3.16, which says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for